Hey, what's up? This is Taos here. Back for another segment, I guess. What I'm gonna be doing, it's gonna sound a little bit weird at first, only because, you know, things are everywhere with the whole pandemic going on, and, you know, it's Christmas and stuff like that. I still have a little time while I'm still in town, and I want to get some recording down. But it's gonna sound a little bit weird, because I guess how I'm gonna do it is that each segment, I'm gonna do it from time to time to time, until... I guess I could finally have a weekend where I could spend time on doing one straight recording and then, you know, all I have to do is just go and edit. But anywho, hello, my name is Taos and welcome to the Negronomicon. I guess this will be the first segment, so this time I'll try to remember to not introduce me every single segment. But yeah, so I I have I was watching some TV and stuff and I'm right now I'm actually sewing patches. Because, you know, why not? I like to put some, I had some, got some new patches from Etsy, some more goth stuff, and I kind of wanted to sew them onto my vest. And I was thinking about doing my jacket and probably my uh, overalls, but I don't know. It gets a little tedious. I know I had to like hold my breath a couple times and, oh my God, it's hard. But yeah, it had me a little thinking. And yeah, I want to record a new segment talking about goth or what is goth or what I think through like a psychoanalysis and little to be told a lot of people I know, like I, I know a couple of people that throw around like, oh, this is goth, that's goth, all oh, it's interpretation goth. But no, it's a, I mean, to me, I feel like I'm not trying to like gatekeep or anything, but there is a specific reason what what is the attractiveness to goth actually and yeah it's it's a lot more to kind of uh the whole black wear black uh bats spooky cot uh coffins and stuff like that i think there's a lot more when it comes to goth and then i kind of want to be able to relate this back to black horror and kind of see if this is a way to introduce more of us to the idea of goth instead of straying away from it maybe start using it a lot more because that is one of the centerpieces of horror it's one of the creations of horror i believe where it came goth from like you know like the 1918 1800s and stuff like that and then it became a dark tone and then we start to associate with the spookiness with the shadows and the vampires and the mummies and it goes on and on because it all complex and it all comes to one simple thing psychology and i'll talk about this in a second hello how are you doing this is taos with the negronomicon i think i was coming back into a segment to speak about uh what was it gothic yeah so i wanted to talk about like the use of the gothic i know a lot of like us as black people we kind of just like oh oh, white people shit but no it's i feel like it's a lot more than that it's never i don't even think it's ever been such a white uh, a white people thing maybe a european thing but it's actually been express in a way it's not really about the fashion 
It haven't even been about the music. I mean, the thing is, is that the Gothic has always been kind of like a literature type thing, starting with, you know, Edgar Allan Poe and uh, a lot of these other writers like Bram Stoker and all that stuff. So um, when I speak about the Gothic, I think we got to like sit there and kind of like roll everything back, uh, starting back with... Uh, I guess I'll use the example of uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is a pretty classic one everyone's seen in a cartoon network about like the man kind of like shaking around and then changes into this evil being that's going around just like hurting people and all that stuff. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, what was it? Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Which one? Which one's the bad one? Which one's the good one? I, I never really i i still haven't got around to it but everybody knows about like the actual character because the character is like stuff like that like dracula the mommy uh witches and stuff like that you know, i mean you can never get enough of it because it's a recurring halloween type thing so everybody's always doing that but it's a little deeper so the strange case of dr jekyll and mr hyde by robert uh lewis stevenson i think this was made what 1886 yeah a lot of these writings gothic writings have came from like the 19th century and stuff like that so it's always been like really cool to see i haven't got that book i think another classic i've gotten was uh dracula so that i think dracula and edgar Allan poe and maybe some writings from hp lovecraft but i mean that's a little bit later into the 20th century but a lot of those old, old stuff, it's crazy because I think Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde was a little bit significant only because, uh, to me, well, because Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde has always been like type, it's always been explained kind of like a split personality of, of like the one doctor. And so he, I, I believe how the story goes is the doctor, he creates something where he could kind of like deplete his badness in him, his evils in him, because, you know, he was already an outstanding person, everyone known him in the community. But he always felt like this lingering down in him that always kind of like craved evil, kind of like mother, I crave violence, <laughs> kind of like that. But uh, so he did it and he didn't know he was successful. All we know is that out of nowhere there's reports in the streets of a black man or a man with like dark skin going around hurting people even like one point like just stomped out this old man and left him there but every time he disappeared they're looking out for him for like the jack the ripper but they could never find him and but he i think the doctor would be like oh no what a shame all this and that he would never know but every time it happens one would always come up missing and so it, it brings up to the thing that i guess what i'm trying to explain is that this story it if you go surface it kind of says like not bipolarity like not well it is a bipolarity but it's not a bipolar thing it's more like a split personality this man had somehow split his nasty personality aside that switches from back and forth whether he is i think unconscious of it 
but he he's not recognizing it. it's only like recognized throughout the story to the reader i believe is the writings of one and then one will appear in the window and then like you know just i don't know it's i i really need to go and read it maybe i'll go back but i mean it's not really something i'll discuss in the podcast but the significance of it is that this man with the split of having his good side and his bad side and we all see that and so in psychology we i believe it's the id and the ego um this was uh given by freud and yeah the id and the ego conflict uh the id the ego and the super ego uh a set of three concepts in psychoanalytical theory describing distinct interacting agents in the psychic apparatus. The three agents are theoretical constructs that describe the activities and interactions of the mental life of a person. So what it's saying is that we have three different types of self. Uh, we have the uh, our inner self, our outer self, and I believe our public self. Our public self can be in and out, but we have a different way of how we deal with ourselves our inner thoughts and how we display those inner thoughts a lot of us don't really kind of put our thoughts out there to the people because you know it could embarrass us it could hurt us it could uh shy away people that complicates our life so it it goes back to this where dr jekyll and mr hyde was able to separate himself from his ego and his, I believe his id, superego or id, but all we know is that he distinguished the good and the bad. Now, like I said, that the story had been made in 1988. I think Freud, Sigmund Freud was the person who actually went into uh, neurology, and then he was the founder of psychoanalysis, which is the the study of the cognition of the mind they he he was responsible for kind of like wanting to get into hypnotism or want to go dream diving or dream journaling and stuff like that he believed that like your dreams are an endless stream of the inner cognition so like all the stuff that you keep out and keep in in yourself locked in a box he believes that like sometime that you're going to have to express whatever's locked in somehow, some way. So he, of course, you know, if you obviously we all know Sigmund Freud for the Oedipus complex and his uh, writings saying that, you know, we secretly want to do this with our mother and like, you know, we envy that. And that's just Pia Get, another psychologist kind of like came in, kind of like corrected some of those ways, I think, around like early 20th century too but Sigmund Freud was around that time uh around 1956 but I think he didn't start coining the whole psycho uh, psychoanalysis until I think maybe a little bit after so it kind of the the story of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde literally went hand in hand with psychoanalysis work which is true to this day still like i'm still a firm believer that like we have a expression of us i think uh there was a literary movement called the naturalists and they believed that 
whatever you do or say, I believe. Huh. I'm trying to remember. It, it was it was something. I don't know if it was postmodernism or something like that, but they believe that like they believe in this connotation of the natural urge instinct and they kind of these people that did believe in that movement they believe that there was a reason why we love horror movies or we would like like watching through a stream or watching through a tv of like someone get bludgeoned and beat up and stuff some of us might enjoy it but would we actually act in on that possibly not but it's it goes into the whole thing of that like we want something to drain our ego or our hidden unconscious minds and kind of like relieve those urges for violence and sexual urges and stuff like that we want an outlet because we all know that when we keep it pent up it's bound to explode so what some of us do is that we lock away whatever's in that box and just try to repress it or we try to unleash those urges in some way and in the story of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, he, uh, you know, he didn't want to rep- mess up his reputation because of those bad urges. So what he do is that he wanted to completely kill it, but he didn't exactly do it because us as humans, there's no killing those bad urges. That's why. And the thing is, is that how do we know if those things are actually bad urges? Because, you know, one thing to come out of light is that we all thought gayness or all this stuff that like, you know, being gay, that was one of those unconscious things where, you know, like a lot of people in public self, we didn't handle homosexuality. Matter of fact, in psychology, it was actually a uh, a mental illness until I think the 70s, until they kind of like came and said, you know what? I don't think that's it because I think there was like a sexual movement with the psychologist where he kind of got went went crazy and him and his wife was literally doing orgies and orgies. He was like, you know what? Sexuality is a spectrum. Exactly. So it, it, it there's a lot of like bad rep when it comes to like releasing these urges, because of course we do have violent urges knowing that we are human. We we actually have a hormone that pumps it. It's testosterone. It's, uh, that, you know, that's also kind of why, like, you know, masculinity and stuff, there's a toxicity in that because we have to control those things because that is, that's not just us. That is our body telling us to kind of like do all these, I not heinous crimes, but it's, we can't really think clearly and think straight without understanding. And we have to understand where it's coming from first to be able to contain it. So it all goes back into a lot of these things. And it repeats the perpetual cycle of the psychological mind. All goth does is just present it in the way of the paranormal. Pretty much something that we cannot argue with because it's hard to pinpoint and put our touch to it. Uh, we use we use uh, religion to kind of like conceal those repressed thoughts. We use um, superstitions and practices to make sure we do obtain without realizing that the humanities in us is the one that's stirring the pot. 
that's why it's really, really, really important to, I guess, I'm, I'm going to insert this in, but it is very important to take mental health very seriously. I feel like it can provide a well good for people to at least get the idea instead of repressing and saying, God will handle it or do this and do that. God will handle in his own ways, as we all know, is that he works in mysterious ways. But you got to remember is that us as humans, we were put on this earth to figure out something and letting things handle it doesn't give us that answer. So that I that's really why I really appreciate the goth is because it doesn't hold punches. It makes you form these ideas to see where it comes from because you can have the light, you can have it shown, but in the darkness is where we're really going to find answers and we we can't just have one or the other. It has to be both and we have to realize it's there. So I really hope like you know these messages and stuff like that a lot of people start paying attention, especially the black community and recognizing for what goth is instead of just pinning it and saying it's a white people thing because it's not. It's a human and it's a humanistic thing. It's a humanities thing. It's there is a reason why we have these things, these philosophies of Nietzsche and uh, a lot of thinking and stuff, you know. So I I really like the conversation of like goth because it's it's, it's really cool. But it, we I can give more and you know examples like Dracula. Dracula is about a man where you know he technically is rejected not rejected by society he's hidden within society and he has an abnormal feeding pattern where he has to take advantage of people uh he has to outwit people he has to stay in the shadows he has to stay in his castle and he can't touch light he has to stay hidden in his dark castle or his he has to wait until night to kind of pray around and to get what he wants. And it, to me, it kind of sounds like narcissism. It's a reflection of narcissism because he's taking advantage of people. He has uh, love attractions and then, you know, he'll bite their neck and they'll either become one of him or they will uh, die. And it kind of does happen like that. And it, it's a good reflection of the human mind and narcissism and we have stuff like Frankenstein where it's being an outcast and uh something and some something is somewhere that you've been created and put placed into whether you liked it or not and you got to remember that is all of us all of us have been brought into this earth and had conflict where we just said we don't fit in and I feel like a monster where do I come into this world and how do I abide to the human companions and do I really fit in into that category so it like every other story is that there's a reflection and there's a meaning an allegory symbolism or just I guess a tale or a lesson and every one of them has is I is unique and share a great aspect a great point of view and why do we not recognize that the black community don't have that 
I don't see a lot of gothic that come from us. Um, the main ones I've seen has been, you know, like Southern gothics of, uh, but we, even then we still don't explore that because it feels almost like you're rejecting God because a lot of these like Southern gothics, I think, uh, Flannery O'Connor, she's, she's, um, I, I don't know. I believe she's Irish Catholic, uh, from Georgia and she gets a little racy sometimes, but her stories are good, especially what was that a good man is hard to find. Uh, she, I mean, it, even in a, a couple other stories where she openly mocks religion, but she does have respect for it only because she recognizes that we all act differently in some sort of way or form, especially with the God's presence. Because if you think being in front of people and saying anything or doing anything in front of your normal human being, what happens if it's an all-knowing God that's apparently have all eyes on you? What do we do about that? What do we say? What's our influences on our mind? And I'm so interested on what the black community has to say or like what we have to say. And I look through these reviews and all that stuff, but it's always been the same thing when it comes to that. And it's, uh, that's why I want to try to contribute to it. I want to try to write and hopefully I come up with a great book that openly expresses my ideas and my feelings and our aspect on the world and stuff. And because we have a great mindset, uh, a great history, a great, I mean, I don't even mean to say like as in great as in positive, I mean, great as in it's immense. It's we have a lot of knowledge that we can use because we've had some treacherous stories. We have a lot of things. I mean, I even remember there's a a book. It, it was called the Black People's Cookbook, and like it literally tells you about like the tea, like the cooking methods on like how to cook like slaves or like what to do with their body parts or hair and stuff like that. Like they actually have a book for that and it's crazy, but sadly that's where we come from. A lot of people don't understand these things and that's where I want to come in with this podcast and kind of, you know, kind of reflect and share these stories and stuff because I feel like showing out our fears will kind of show some type of impact of what we're going on. A lot of people think that, you know, showing fear kind of like gives more weapons to the oppressor. But at this stake with the turn of events of like a lot of people protesting, we've even had a lot of other countries even step in and try to like find more peace for us because, you know, we, it's not even a black thing when it comes to these police. It's more like a mental health thing of having like trigger friendly, like trigger crazy people as cops. I mean, I've, you know, it sucks going in through that, but I feel like this is the time and place now where we can start letting people feel how we feel in a way that's sensible uh, since, oh, I'm getting choked up, but, uh, I, in in a more sensible way, instead of, I'm, I'm not saying that we fight back, no, I mean, I want to be able to show our ways in art, and I feel like that's where I want to come in with the, 
psychology uh, mindset that I have, the analytical mindset. And I want to be able to portray this in an artistic manner and be able to show that, you know, like some of these causations, these fears, these hidden thoughts, it stirs us up and we have a lot repressed. And you, you got to understand us as black people, from my point of view, a lot of us are still repressed. It got to the point that we have a like a, a psychological cognitive dissonance, a uh, conflict in the mind that we're still trying to distinguish ourselves as people. So I, I really do want to dive deep into it. And I think I'm going to start getting ready for the fun part, which is I'm going to start reviewing movies and uh, artworks or writings. I'll even I, I really do encourage also if you are a black writer or even if you're people of color, Indian, Native American, Latino, Asian, I, anything, anything you give me that's around in the horror gothic, please give it. And I, I would love to like psychoanalyze it for you because I might say this is the Negronomicon. This is about black horror and black horror accessories. But I, I guess I feel a little bit more um, self-interested in me because, you know, I, I guess because me who I am, I, I'm using this not only to give information but I'm also to receiving it, to getting a bigger aspect. I want to hear people. And, you know, I've been like pent up in the quarantine and everything. And, you know, I, I really want to talk to some people and get some host up and start watching it. I mean, if you've got some movies, let's watch it. Uh, but I'm, I feel like first I want to start handling myself and the people I want to represent. And I think I'm trying to uh, show this to people of like black alternative because me even myself I'm black alternative um uh, you know I like all I, I mean I say this and I literally mean it even all my friends can vouch for me too but I literally walk the line when it comes to these things I I love every single little bit I try to expose myself and try to stay um unbiased and you know, form my own opinion on these things instead of just saying, nope, that's white, or nope, uh, that's too much for me. And no, I, I love knowledge, I love learning, and I want to learn about people, and I want people to get the aspect of where I'm coming from, and I want to learn how to communicate better, I guess. This is literally my third take, trying to record a whole 20 to maybe 30 minute setting, and I'm trying not to say like a lot, but I, I really want to get some point of view, some aspects. Like I said, it's, it's all about understanding each other. And right now, a lot of people say that, you know, like we as black people, we had the finger pointed to us all the time. And I'm not going to lie. It really does feel like that. I try not to get into that mindset. i come from privilege I have a, a lot of opportunities to go to school do this do that have a job and get to the milestones I've been getting but even then still there's a lot of times where you know I'm always told to fix my hair or cut my hair off because uh 
I'm, uh, my parents are afraid that these people won't understand where I come from or who I am and I might represent another way but we all come from this way it's just some of us has been dealt better hands than others and I want that to be recognized that we we have like a lot of things like I said as repressed people we're still kind of going through these mindsets and I just want to make it available make it known and not just say like oh yeah black people deserve everything this and that and just, I mean we definitely deserve a share definitely and not even just a share of money I believe that we do deserve a share of respect and I feel like we do need to give respect back definitely but it's it's very conditional it's very bipolarity and let me tell you this like all the gen z's and stuff like that this been going on for years and years and years when we come to these battles it it even got to the point that i was reading uh what was it uh france uh fanon france france fanon and he's a a black psychoanalysis, I, I think a psychiatrist, and he's into social sci- uh, social psychology or sociology too. It all gets grouped up. It's all just different branches. And I was reading something called Black Skin and White Mass. It, it only, I think it only has like four chapters, but boy, each chapter is like 30 minutes. Uh, not 30 minutes, 30 pages. But it's interesting because he goes into kind of like poetry and then he'll read something and quote something and then he'll share his reflections on something and he speaks about like uh pretty much the anti-colonialism and why it has such a big big an effect and then keeping in mind when he wrote this this was uh i think this was a little bit past world war and uh you know, this was when, you know, I think this was a little bit past, a lot past since uh, slavery was abolished and, you know, civil rights. This was around, like, American civil rights, I think, a little bit over under. I'm not I'm not a historian. I got to ask my friend Timothy on that. I'll probably, like, have him there be like, yep, that is the date. But uh, uh, Fan in France was around that time. And keeping in mind, this is in France, not even in America, but he would tell a, he would tell a story about kind of like the aspects of the black mind around white women or white men around black women. And he draws us back into like self-esteem issues. I'm not saying like uh, he 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 said that he doesn't disagree with interracial couplings or relationships. He says that's not the problem. It's just some people with the old black mindset of, you know, like after being racism, uh, uh, the slavery is that, you know, a lot of us, we, you know, if we were seen around white people we would literally be killed for it, like literally. So he would say that like the reason why is that since they seek the opportunity now, they just kind of do it. So, uh, it, but he goes more and more, more back and kind of like explains that anti-colonialism not only had an impact on everybody that was black, but it impacted everybody around them because like it set a standard. It set a like a lot of commute confusion amongst the black community. 
and I, I can go into depth, but it, it's definitely a new episode on that one. If like, maybe if I get some recommendations, something like that, or I'll probably have something up later on another link where I'll go into depth like that, because as much as I want to talk about it, like the only thing I can probably con up from it is that it had like a insert about like black horror or like black representations in movies and saying that they deliberately do it, obviously. Uh, but um, I think I want to really start getting to the fun part where I want to start reviewing the movies. Probably next episode, I think the first movie is probably either going to be Blackula or it is going to be Bones with Snoop Dogg because Loki, that movie does um and look really cool so i just got done paying for it on voodoo and i'm gonna give it a watch and then i'll tell you what you think uh i believe what i'm going to do is i'm gonna have like an outline for a while too. and what i'll do is i'll go over the behind the scenes who's the creators the actors the writer and anything around that sort then i'll dive deep and start using uh, psychoanalytics and stuff like that. So I'll be looking for African-American evidence, what makes it black or what makes it black made, or if it's not black made, what gives it that black feel that, you know, that we all know and love um, the psychological presence uh, pretty much like if they are following the Gothic roots of whatever, what is the, the outlet of the paranormal on the psychological and all that aspect. Uh, then it will be the philosophical evidence. Uh, you know, some things really do mention a lot of things of metaphysics and around that sort, or they'll go into utilitarianism or Nietzsche. I want to see if that's available or not. I'll even keep count record of like uh, the use of philosophical yeah, philosophical manner and all that stuff. And then I'll look into allegories, what are some behind meanings, what is the meaning of the a story and what to that. And then symbolisms, you know, there's always going to be symbolisms in movies, all writings, whether you like it or not, and they are amazing. And then I'll give my overall thoughts of what I think and see where we go from there and how... I guess, like, how it could be, I wouldn't do that, I mean, I really don't have, like, a basis on where I could do that, but I could definitely kind of point out if, like, something just didn't feel too human or stuff like that, I can dismiss it because, you know, a lot, sometimes it'd be actors, and that's why I kind of have, uh, what, captions on all the times because I like to read as I go because sometimes I like to read scripts, I've read the craft at least, like, three times, but, yeah, I I would give my overall thoughts, give it how I think, and we'll take it from there. And then I would just go from like show to show, to show movie to movie, or book to book. And so that's pretty much it. This is going to be the end of my final introductory. And I really hope that I could explain things a lot better. Please let me know what you think. I'm always asking for questions. I think I have a link where you could shout out or you can ask a question and I'll play it on the podcast so everybody can hear you and all that stuff. It'll be great. Just let me know what you think. And I hope we have a fun time. Uh, I'll definitely have fun because, you know, 
watching movies is awesome. And I hope we all can learn something and hopefully this is going to be a step forward, not only for me, but for anybody else that's listening that wants more, I guess, information on the psychological use into their work. And I'm always free. You can email me. I'll put it down. And yeah, please, just anything. Contact me. Talk to me. Love me. All right. Thank you. And I hope everyone is great and have a, what is it? Oh yeah, great New Year's. And I hope y'all had a great Christmas. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the Negronomicon.